Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Dan and Joe Sports Show. As always, I'm Dan. Yeah, I'm Joe. All right, Joe, uh, now we're going into our locker room talk, and I'm really excited about this one. These are the off-the-wall, audacious candidates for the Auburn coaching job. Uh, in our locker room talk, it's always brought to you by our fine sponsors, Beach Ball Properties. Really cold right now in South Alabama, but if you're looking for a staycation inside, or just feel some really cool Gulf breeze, and you want to give Hunter and Ginger a call at Beach Ball Properties, give them a call and go have the ball at the beach Also, shout out to Jensen Computer Technologies. Contact Ryan and Daryl Gale Jensen of Hattiesburg, Mississippi for all of your computer needs. All right, Joe. Um, you know, this idea came to me because I have heard even legitimate news sources say absolute ridiculous people as candidates for the Auburn head coaching job in football. And so I, we, I decided we'd come up with some fun ones for ourselves. And Joe, the first one that I wanted to throw out is an absolutely ridiculous candidate for Auburn. And this is one that I've actually heard. This is not one that I'm just throwing out there to be crazy, is Art Bras. I've heard people like Clay Travis say that Auburn should go out and hire Art Bras as their next head coach. And, you know, earlier in the last podcast, I was talking about the issues the SEC would have if Auburn went out and hired Hugh Freeze. Uh, suddenly, you're not just having issues with Greg Sankey and the SEC and the higher-ups there. If you hire an Art Bra, you have the ire of the nation against you based on what happened at Baylor under his watch. And I understand there's a lot of things that went into that where maybe he was the scapegoat for things that happened, and they threw a lot of stuff on him that probably wasn't his fault. But still, I mean, that happened under his watch. He was the head coach, and I just think he's completely unhirable by anybody in the one right now. That one would be pretty bad. Um, like you said, to the stigma that comes with it, um, that would be bad on many levels. Uh, the first one I wanted to look at would be, and again, and I, this is not going to happen, but you know, just kind of having some fun with it. Let's say that Auburn was going to go, you know, if you're thinking defensive coordinator, hire, you know, former Auburn defensive coordinator, South Carolina assistant coach, and Southern Miss head coach, Ellis Johnson. <laughs> 0-12 at Southern Miss back in 2012. Coached the Citadel, I think, for a few years before that. Couldn't win there either. Like that, that would be, you know, he's not a bad coordinator, but as a head coach, really bad. Well, what's funny, though, is that if you want to go with the Gus connection, he was actually Gus Malzahn's defensive coordinator when Auburn did win the SEC championship and go to the national championship game. Now, yes. it was not the best defense. In fact, it was probably a lower-level defense defense, I think they were in the 50s to 60s. Good second half defense, but not very good in the first half. And it'd be kind of funny, but I mean, you know, Ellis Johnson, I think only made it two years as Auburn's defensive coordinator before uh, Muschamp came in. And so, I mean, he, he didn't do that great of a job as Auburn's defensive coordinator. The offense was really what got him to the national championship that year. It, it was, it was. But the one point I would say out of that is, you know, we talked about this before, how unfair it is when these coaches get bought out of these contracts despite failure. You know, that, that, that to me, that's just a messed up system. Because um, I'm, you know, a quasi-Southern Miss fan being from that area, and it really infuriated me that Ellis Johnson ruined the Southern Miss football program, and then he gets to jump ship and make a lot of money 
can coach and all of our team to go to the national championship game. Southern Miss is over there withering away, going one and eleven, and having to pay him money to do that. Like that—that's just a ridiculous system. It is. I mean, right now, uh, Gus Malzahn lost to a South Carolina team that fired Muschamp halfway through the season, and Gus and Muschamp are both getting paid many millions of dollars to go home and do nothing. They should have to pay the school that you know that they they couldn't win at. Yeah. They owe them money before the other way around. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have it where Gus can get paid twenty one and a half million dollars to be fired. Yeah, the kid can't transfer and go to whatever school he wants to when he wants to. How on earth is that fair? Yeah, it's it's, it's not. It's not. Yeah. Uh, Joe, the next one I have, and this one I took particular glee in writing down. Uh, Mike Shula as a <laughs> as the head coach at Auburn. Of course, Mike Shaw is uh, fondly remembered as the last Alabama head coach before Nick Saban came in. Uh, he was a former quarterback at Alabama back in the 1980s. Uh, later, after he got fired at Alabama before Saban came in, did a pretty good job as quarterback's coach and later offensive coordinator for the Panthers. Now, I'm not sure where he is now. I know he's somewhere else in the NFL. I think he may be a, either a quarterback's coach or an offensive coordinator again. But it would just, uh, you want to talk about message board craziness if Auburn hired Mike Shula as head coach. Yet again, these are off the wall hires. We're not saying there's even a possibility. And I would love to see that. Right, right. We're just having fun with it. But yeah, that would be very compelling. Um, the next one I looked at, um, and again, I would be fascinated by this hire because everybody kept saying, or a lot of people kept saying, that he was a really good coach, but just, you know, didn't have a chance uh, based on recruiting woes at this school. But Derek Mason from Vanderbilt, uh, you know, that'd be interesting to see if you give him the resources of Auburn and you know, not having recruiting issues in Vanderbilt, what he can do there. Yeah, uh, for a while there, Mason looked pretty good. Like the first two years he was at Vanderbilt, he's got a pretty good, you know, pedigree working under uh, Shaw over at Stanford. Which, hey, on the legitimate candidate side of it, I know Shaw has gone down the hill the last couple of years at Stanford, but that would have been an interesting guy to look at. I, you know, yeah. whether it fit in the South is kind of questionable, but I, I think he's a good coach. Um, but Mason, uh, you know, even though he was at Vanderbilt where it's hard to win, he really didn't win. And I know that he's, you know, like I said, he seems like he's a good defensive coordinator for the most part until the last couple seasons they had a pretty good defense. But, man, you want to talk about driving people crazy if you made that hire. Yeah, it would. All right, Joe. The last one I got, speaking of driving people crazy, and, in fact, being someone that at one point was a legitimate candidate for the Auburn head coaching job on multiple occasions – I got to go with the one fish that Auburn continually tried to land, and he wanted to be landed by him, but then the, the two ships could never really meet. They kind of crossed in the middle of the night, and that's Bobby Petrino. Of course, everyone remembers back in 2003 when Tommy Tuberville was Auburn's head coach, had a little bit of an underwhelming season when Auburn came in preseason number one, uh, got beat up by Matt Leiner and Reggie Bush at USC 23 to nothing lost a few games they shouldn't, and lo and behold, the day before, the week before the Iron Bowl, 
Bobby Louder and a couple other trustees at Auburn flew a secret jet to Louisville where Bobby Petrino was the head coach at Louisville after the season before being uh, Tuckerville's offensive coordinator and had a secret meeting with uh, Petrino about becoming Auburn's next head coach. They just got found out and publicized. Uh, it was really embarrassing, and they decided they'd let Tuckerville, after he beat Alabama the next week, hold on to his job. Tuckerville goes undefeated the next season and holds on to his job for their five years. Uh, Petrino, you know, does his thing, uh, is at Louisville, then goes to the Falcons, of course, leaves the Falcons in the middle of the fourth season to become the head coach of Arkansas. And then I believe in 2013, when Gus was hired, Petrino was looked at heavily again to be the Auburn head coach. And then, of course, uh, Petrino had his really awful thing happen uh, with the motorcycle. And, of course, you have the fact that not only did he have an illicit affair with this woman that was on the motorcycle, she also worked in the university, and so did her husband. And Petrino was paying her for a job that didn't exist. So Petrino then goes to uh, Western Kentucky, does pretty good, and then goes back to Louisville, and then things got stale and he got fired. Um, and so then you have this incredible trail of Bobby Petrino, uh, and then now just get him back at Auburn, and then, hey, never got the chance to do it, so why not? If we want to have a really disappointing hire, why don't we bring one that just brings old, old wounds, just rips them right on open? That's what it would be. Um, I mean, that'd be, that'd be very fascinating, too. Um, yeah, the only thing remember what he did in his second uh, stint in Louisville was coach uh, Lamar Jackson. It's yes. kind of easy to forget that. But as far as wins and losses, they didn't win a whole lot of games consistently. Um, the last one I looked at, Dan, I, I wanted to have a lot of fun with this one. So we were talking in the last segment on the um, rivalry between Auburn and Oregon and how Cristobal is being considered. Well, what would be the best thing, better thing, you know, to rub Morgan fans the wrong way by going after, instead of Cristobal, Morgan State's head coach, Jonathan Smith. And maybe they might actually celebrate that because Smith beat them this year. But still, I feel like, you know, the fact that you would pass on the Oregon coach, you know, for Morgan State on some level, that'd be a little bit of an insult. Uh, Jonathan Smith, of course, beat Oregon this year, and he was the quarterback of the best Oregon State team probably ever back in 2000 that went 11-1, finished top five in the final rankings, and had Chad Johnson and TJ Hushmanjada on the team. That, that would be something right there. I mean, you're right. That probably would uh, give the Oregon fans some real, uh, real crow to eat because they, they feel very superior to Oregon State when it comes to their athletics. That would be really funny right there. I thought you were about to say Chip Kelly, Joe. That's where I thought you were going with that one because that would have been funnier because that would have been who offered beat the national championship back in 2010 and who, of course, dipped on Oregon to go to the NFL. Yeah, I didn't think about it. I keep forgetting he's the UCLA head coach, to be honest. I feel like he's had the quietest tenure at UCLA. Well, and then you look at last week. I mean, I had them on upset alert to beat USC. They were beating them for three and a half quarters and were beating them by 14 points with seven minutes left. And then USC goes and beats them. But not only that, covers the end of that game. And so he's, he's been very underwhelming at UCLA. And the fact that you didn't remember that he was UCLA's coach, I think, tells everyone how they didn't know about Chip Kelly. 
I forgot, you know, the other guy people throw this conversation, Kevin Sumlin, you know, who's the kind of joking around about hire. Like, I forgot he was the Arizona head coach. So I saw he was fired on Sunday after they lost 70 to 7 to the Arizona State. Yeah, interestingly, Joe, I had this thought come to my mind earlier today when I was thinking about what if Auburn actually did hire Kevin Steele as head coach. I was thinking, wouldn't it be fascinating if they brought Kevin Sumlin in as the offensive coordinator? I mean, you look at the offenses he had at Houston, A&M, they were pretty great for the most part. And, uh, you know, Johnny Manziel sure didn't do a whole lot when he went to the NFL, so I feel like someone's got to have something to do with that. And so I that was something I thought in my mind, that if we were to actually hire something to steal, maybe someone could be an offensive coordinator. Well, that's true. And also he coached, uh, I think, Kevin Cobb at Houston and Case Keenan at Houston. If you go back and pull up their numbers on like sportsreference.com. I mean, Case Keenum's uh, passing stats are just crazy good. And yeah, what you need more than anything is somebody to coach up Bo Nix. So, I don't know, maybe, you know, if that package were the one that was being sold out there, I might think about it a little bit more. Yeah. But that being said, those are the Joe candidates. Uh, the last one I wanted to throw out, Joe, and this is actually another person that I've heard, that I've seen in articles mentioned as a real candidate for Auburn's job, but this is an absolute joke, and it's the mullet, Mike Gundy at Oklahoma State. I've seen his name like, come up on articles, and I'm like, are y'all kidding me right now? I mean, the only way that dude is ever going to leave Stillwater is if, if he's in a pine box or you force him out of town. I mean, you got play quarterback at Oklahoma State. I mean, you know, he's a man, he's 40, he defends his players. Like, I've heard that he's had some issues with the administration there, but there's no way that dude would ever ditch on Oklahoma State to take another job. Yeah, that, that would shock me. Um, yeah, he's a man, he's now 53 now. Uh, yeah, he, he, he's the 40 comment, that's 13 years ago, wow. But yeah. I saw that one, and I thought that was funny. I mean, I know that it was apparently Mike Gundy, like, kept trying to tell Oklahoma State he was interested in the Tennessee job a few years ago, but nobody bought it. I don't even think he even got any more money out of it. I think this is probably what that is, too, here. But I was just – when I saw that, I was like, these people are actually trying to be legitimate writers when they put this out there. Yeah, I, mean, I guess they're just trying to be uh, – you know, stir up some uh, storylines and watercooler talk. Zoom talk at this stage. Yeah, that's right. Well, speaking of which, you can check out uh, all of our new Zoom calls that we do over Facebook Live every 9 o'clock on Wednesday nights. You catch all world episodes on Spotify. You search the Dana Joe Sports Show on Spotify, our entire catalog comes up. Right? If you search Dana Joe Sports Show on Google, we're the first thing that comes up. And uh, we're also available on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. And thanks for having me. Uh, Listen, have a listen to us tonight. And as always, I'm there. Yeah, I'm Jeff.